think of yourself like a publisher, okay? like a magazine publisher or a programming director on a radio station. Um, so those people don't write the articles. They don't write the songs and music. What they do is they sort of pick what's going into the magazine or over the airwaves. And so as an individual seller, you want to kind of be in that same position. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we've got Kurt Shaver with us, and we're going to be talking about actionable ways to use LinkedIn for B2B sales. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, Kurt. Hey, Stephen. I'm excited to be talking with you and uh, sharing some information with your listeners today. Outstanding. Well, th this should be a really good one. Um, um, I've been excited about this one since uh, since we first started talking about it. LinkedIn is so, so powerful, and and it's one of the, it's it's just a tool. It, it enables us to do all these things that throughout my sales career we never had access to. So, and and Kurt is really kind of the man on this. Um, Kurt is the chief sales officer and co-founder of Vengresso. He's a sales trainer and keynote speaker, specializing in social selling techniques. Kurt carried a bag as a sales rep led teams as a VP of sales and is now helping B2B sales teams increase their revenues through adopting the right sales tools and strategies. He has over 25 years of sales experience and has coached corporate sales teams like CenturyLink, Ericsson, and Telepacific Communications. So Kurt, to jump right into it here, what made you realize that LinkedIn would become the next great sales tool? Well, that, it was a very definitive event, Stephen. So uh, in, in 2000, uh, middle of 2008, I left my almost 20-year corporate selling career and I went out on my own to be, start my own business really as a sales consulting and sales training company. And a lot of my original work was focused around helping people implement salesforce.com. But along the way, LinkedIn started to get traction, you know, LinkedIn's 15 years old now, came out in 03, so it was about five years old at that point. And people started to figure out that you could use it as a business development technique, and I was one of those, and I was using it to drive my own business and win clients. Well, since I was using it and selling to VPs of sales, right, they started to say like, hey, we want to find out more about this. So I was actually teaching a general sales lead generation uh, seminar in fall or sorry, it was uh, February of 2011. And uh, I was doing about 20 minutes on LinkedIn, but we were already about 10 minutes over. And I said to people, hey, you know, I've got to move on because there's lots of other things. And somebody put their hand up and they said, hey, why don't you just do a whole workshop on LinkedIn? And I said, well, if I did that, how many of you people would pay to come? And every hand in the room went up. And I was like, that is a marketing opportunity, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I said, listen, it'll take me three months to put together the curriculum and, you know, rent the venue and promote it and all that kind of thing. But in three months, I'll do it, right? So this was February 2011. I said, three months, I'll do it. I'm counting on all you guys to show up because you just said you would. Okay. So I do that. I get, I get the room. I get the curriculum. Um, we're getting up to about two weeks away from the uh, seminar in the middle of May. And guess what happened? At the beginning What's, of May, 2011, guess. May 20, what? You, you tell me. LinkedIn went public, right? Uh, LinkedIn went public beginning of May 2011. 
So every, so it's creating all this buzz. It's in the news. Everybody's like, ah, oh, this is going to be huge. Like we got to get on it. What do we do? How do we learn LinkedIn? And there I was sitting there a week later with a public seminar, like all <laughs> lined up and ready to go. So you know what they say, it's better to be uh, lucky than good. So I got lucky on that one. And that's you know, been the focus ever since. Outstanding. Well, it makes a ton of sense. How should outside sales reps and managers use LinkedIn in the most effective way? Well, I think it's great for outside salespeople because usually outside salespeople are, they're trying to cover a lot of uh, customers, right? They might have a, a territory, they might have a regular route that they go on on their territory. Um, but just in terms of touching people, obviously you've got all these inefficiencies with like, oh, I've got to drive across town or I've got to drive across state or whatever it happens to be. You've got this, mm -hmm. all these gaps versus an inside person that's just sitting there, maybe picking up the phone or knocking out emails. Right. So for that reason, an outside salesperson has to be super, you know, efficient in order to kind of make as many customer and prospect touches as they want. And that's where the underlying power obviously of a social network as a communication channel I think is super important to an outside salesperson because it allows you to stay both visible and valuable to your whole network even if you might not get to that side of the state for another two weeks right so that that's kind of the idea um, great part of the reason companies even hire field salespeople is because they want to you know, like, don't forget about us. We want this visibility. We're going to send somebody to walk into your office. Great. But again, if the gap is a six-week route, what do you do in the five weeks between? So that's why, you know, outside salesperson armed with one of these yeah. smartphones, you know, you go to social and you can really keep your visibility very high. What types of activities do you think that the typical outside salesperson should focus on, you know, commenting, engaging, posting on their own content, blogging. Mm -hmm. What, what do you, how do you think they should be using LinkedIn? Well, we, we sometimes use the analogy of for a, for a salesperson to think of yourself like a publisher when it comes to uh, LinkedIn. So think of yourself like a publisher, okay? like a magazine publisher or a programming director on a radio station. Um, so those people don't write the articles. They don't write the songs and music. What they do is they sort of pick what's going into the magazine or over the airwaves. And so as an individual seller, you want to kind of be in that same position. So sometimes you might be sharing your co own company's information. Other times you might be sharing industry news. Other times you might be sharing very general business things like, you know, hey, five traits of ex outstanding leaders. So um, those are the types of activities that salespeople can do to, again, extend their brand. How do you think they should use LinkedIn to engage new leads? Well, uh, you know, the first, the first thing to do is you're trying to build a relationship. So you got to be a little conscious about, you know, you don't want to pounce on people and sort of get too aggressive and spook them. So um, it, if you, if, let's say you've identified a prospect, you've identified a person, you've done a search maybe on LinkedIn, and you're sitting there looking at the person's profile. So we usually recommend this three-step formula for inviting somebody into your LinkedIn network. Now, Stephen, I'll bet you have received at least one LinkedIn invitation that just was the default message, right? And it said, I'd like to add you to my network. And you thought to yourself, who is this person and why are they inviting me? Is that <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, uh, I think I've got about 15,000 people that follow me on LinkedIn. And, yeah. and, and most of them, you know, I don't know them personally. Right. But they've, but they've heard my, heard my, you know, re either interacted yeah. with my company or, or, you know, seen my videos or listened to my 
you know, read my blog or, you know, listen to this podcast. I mean, who, who, there's a lot of places and sometimes they'll, they'll say why they're friending me. Sometimes they won't, but yeah, I definitely a lot, a, a lot that have don't say where they were. I don't know them and that they don't say where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's really the point, right? So the three-step formula to invite somebody would be, you know, start it off with some kind of context, um, do a little bit of positioning of yourself and then just have a call to action, which is let's, you know, let's connect on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So you, you just gave a perfect example there. You're producing blogs and podcasts. If I wanted to reach you, right. And I was going to send you an invitation and be like, Hey, Steve, and I, I really like the, the, I listened to the podcast you did with um, Joanne Black of talking about referrals. Um, I really got a lot of insights with it. You know, hey, my name is, you know, Sally Jones. I work with so-and-so marketing organization, right? Since we share interests and a few connections, I thought we, we could connect. So then you see it, you know, like, oh, like you said, you know where this person came from. They heard my blog or they heard my podcast, Right. And now I know a little bit about what they do and, and it should give you a much higher level of comfort with connecting with that person. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. People seem to just connect and not follow. But I don't know what the difference is exactly. Well, I guess maybe this maybe this is a good time to ask. What is the difference between those? Well, two? Um, so when you connect to somebody on level one on LinkedIn, that's that's as tight a relationship as there can be on LinkedIn. And there's a lot of. Um, uh, uh, actions and privileges that come along with it. Uh, number one is first, you can directly message the person within LinkedIn mm-hmm. when you're connected on level one. You don't need to know their email. You can do it through LinkedIn messaging. Mm-hmm. Number two is you get to see their full contact information, whatever they've allowed to be public. There's usually two le- There's usually uh, um, two levels and things like emails and telephone numbers are usually hidden on LinkedIn to everybody except your, your level one connections. Right. Um, the other thing is obviously you're, you're going to see their engagement on LinkedIn come across your homepage feed and you're going to see theirs come across your homepage feed. So in the case, so that's if you're connected on level one, if you're a follower, that's a little bit more of an arm's length relationship. Um, you know, they're really, that's usually if you are publishing things, if you are a thought leader, like you're doing with the blog and the podcast. So people don't need to actually connect into your network and have this like deeper connection. And, you know, which means you're also going to see their posts. But um, if you get tons of invitations, like you could actually reply to the invitation, not accept it, not accept, but there's an option to reply and you could reply to that and just say, um, you know, Hey, I've reached my limit or, you know, Hey, it's my policy to connect with these types of people. But I, you know, it'd be, if you want to stay up with what I'm publishing, please follow me. And you can just have the link to that. That's my advice. Okay. And what, what is the limit? I, I didn't know there was a limit on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the limit is, uh, the published limit for LinkedIn is 30,000 connections. And uh, there are a number of people, including one of my partners, that's at 30,000 connections. And um, that, that, that'll, that's when you can't accept them anymore. And then you have to kick more people out. It's sort of like the fire marshal at a crowded restaurant or something. Okay, that's that's gonna. Well, I've got some headroom there because I'm only at 15, but uh, okay. but it, <laughs> so but I, I I could imagine being the fire marshal there is gonna be a real pain because I have to like look at them all and make sure it's right. not like my buddy that I'm being like, hey, exactly. <laughs> I, if you'd like to follow me, please follow me. I mean, they 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 definitely make me buy them a beer for for saying. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh huh. <laughs> You'd be in trouble next Friday night. Right. Exactly. Um, well, what is your best advice then uh, when it when it comes to making initial contact with a potential buyer on LinkedIn and, and walk us through 
the process of starting a new relationship. Like you kind of you've walked us through the first how to reach out, but then how do you how do you transition that into an actual relationship? Well, if we're really starting wanting to start a sales conversation, initiate a sales cycle with somebody, there's kind of a hierarchy of the um, methods that you would use, right? So, the, so the, the first method you would go to, the most powerful one, that's the one you had Joanne Black talking about, was it, it is to get a referral, right? So the, one of the huge benefits of LinkedIn is that when you're looking at a person's profile, it will tell you what, the, what your relationship is to that person by looking at your networks, right? So we often recommend from a prospecting standpoint, it's one of the filters that people should use when they search for, you know, I'm searching for this particular title in this particular industry, maybe in this particular geo, that's my ideal customer. Great. But one of the great filters is um, look at just your second level connections because if you find people that are in your second level, that means by default, you have people that you're connected to that might be able to introduce you. Now, again, it doesn't guarantee everybody knows everybody in their LinkedIn network, but level one or option one, the best option would be, can you get an introduction with somebody that knows it? Okay, if you strike out there, you may not have any common connections, then you need to come up with some kind of a relevant nugget. Again, it's that context just like we've always done probably when we started in sales before LinkedIn, you got to find some context. What's the person interested in? What are they talking about? What trade shows do they go to? What news is going on about his, their company? Did they just launch a new product or merge with somebody or are they tackling a different market? So option two is you've got to have some kind of research based nugget to provide context. And oftentimes uh, either their LinkedIn profile right? Or a Google search will help yield that information. And then, and then the third, so that would be your second option. Fit, mm -hmm. If you completely strike out there, the third option you really have to, to do is, you know, have you served other companies like theirs? So maybe you've worked in financial services. Maybe you work in the, you know, uh, uh, health and wellness area. Maybe you provide marketing software. So that's your third area of approaching somebody. Okay. And you can use any combinations of those too. Sure. I, I right. would say exactly. that's just going to make it, uh, if someone, if, if you're reaching out cold, the more connections of that nature that you have, I think the, the better off you are really. So yeah. why, why not combine them? Um, so I, I, I guess reach out with, okay, here are our common connections. Here's what's going on with your business that I know about, or here's what's the news is or with this topic to talk about. And, and uh, what was the third thing? The, uh... the the third thing is if you have industry expertise, like, you know, we specialize in working with SaaS based startups to do XXX. So if the, okay. the third one is if, if you or your company just have experience with that type of company, then you, you could reference that okay. in the absence of the other two. The offering of some kind of value. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Very cool. Uh, this is, this is awesome. Um, so I've read stuff that you you've put out about building your personal brand and its importance and and how it's an, a key piece of social selling uh, specifically for outside salespeople. How should they establish a solid social presence and and build um, build a great personal brand online? Well, uh, I mean, they're definitely going to want to follow the, the the fundamentals that every professional should on LinkedIn which is, you know, you walk your way through all the little elements. You've got the graphic background behind your head, which is going to help brand you. 
we've got the all-important headline statement, which should not be your title, but should actually be a customer-oriented benefit statement. Um, but the thing I think outside salespeople can a lot of times bring to it um, is because they, they do tend to have those close relationships with customers because they are walking into the office, they are sitting across the desk from them, right? They've got all those elements. So one of the really valuable things often uh, overlooked on a LinkedIn profile is to get customer recommendations on your profile, Stephen, right? Mm -hmm. So it, that's like the very bottom section of the profile if you scroll right down there. But again, you can capture these customer testimonials. And one, one of the uh, things that we always say about customer testimonials is, of course, it adds credibility to anybody that's viewing your profile. And you can also copy and paste those captured testimonials in all sorts of different media. Like it might go in your PowerPoint presentation. It might go in a proposal that you're sending to somebody or an email mm -hmm. you're trying to open the door to. So from an outside perspective that have those close customer relationships, definitely you know, load up on some customer recommendations. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. I don't have any of those. I, all, all my recommendations. Come on, man. We got to get to work. I know. Well, you know, last time you've been Gresso, guys. I'll tell you. Last time I talked, so we I talked with Mario before, as you know, um, and uh, and I've known him for a while. After the conversation with him, we got a whole bunch of value statements across the whole company on our on our LinkedIn profiles. I, uh -huh. like, we like sent around. I sent around an email, and like people updated those and. And, and, re, and we totally, we were like, oh, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. This is totally true. But it was like advice. You, <laughs> I do this all the time. Like the advice that, that comes up for for field salespeople in, in, in our in in the podcast or in things or, or in our training videos or whatever. I'm like, and we actually have to implement this. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> this, this is happens sometimes. This is another uh, another one of those where I'm like, oh, I don't do that at all. All my recommendations are like from friends and, you know, past employees of mine or past right. coworkers from old jobs or, you know, yeah. but I yeah. don't think my, 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 my joke is, Hey, your, your, your pros your prospects don't really care what your, what nice things your mother says about you on your LinkedIn profile, <laughs> unless your mother is the same target market. Right. Right. Well, my, my mother's a, a retired art teacher, so she's probably, probably not the target market that I'm, that, that we sell to. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, although she, she likes almost everything my company puts on Facebook or LinkedIn. She is the first. Oh, good. She's she an amplifier the, for you. She, she's a huge amplifier. Her her whole network of of other retired uh, teachers they <laughs> they all they all know what Badger's doing. But all right, that's good stuff. Man. <laughs> so uh, you've trained I don't know how many sales teams using social media, but what what is one mistake that people should absolutely avoid that you see come up over and over again in their usage of LinkedIn? Um, well, I guess I could roll it into one, but it's sort of, it's two of the same thing. <clears throat> so the, the mistake is that they, they, they don't adopt the Goldilocks principle, right? You know, just right. So they, they do one of two things. They either get um, really passive on LinkedIn and they think like, oh, I opened up an account, so I'm just gonna wait for all these leads to roll in. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> basically, LinkedIn membership is the same as having a membership in a health club. I mean, just carrying the card around in your wallet is not gonna make you lean and mean. You actually have to go there, <laughs> do things, put in effort on a regular basis in order to see the results. So, uh, so option one would be that they're too passive. Um, answer two would be that they're too aggressive. 
right? That they're, they're sort of like really quickly going for the sell. Uh, social media, social media is not, I mean, unless you're running an ad, social media in general, uh, the etiquette is one, and, and certainly on LinkedIn, is that you're not really selling there, right? It's really got this etiquette of, hey, I'm providing information. It's kind of a content marketing expertise. You know, I'm going to pull people toward me, but yeah. I'm not going to push my deals on them. Right. So, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll see sometimes people even getting sort of shouted down if they get too you know, blatant and aggressive on LinkedIn. So I think the yeah. answer is you got to be kind of in between. You obviously want to be active on it, not totally passive, but you just mm -hmm. can't be like jumping right to the cell. Again, build the relationship first, right? And then it'll lead where you want to go. Yeah, I, that, that uh, reminds me of something I'm always talking to my marketing team about, which is our goal with the vast majority of, of our marketing activities is that people get the one sentence overview of what we do. You know, Badger Maps is a, an application for field salespeople. Mm -hmm. and it, it helps them build routes and organize their territories, period. Like that's, that's all we want people to know in our, right. from, from kind of an awareness, and I call this the awareness stage. You know, I want people to be aware that we exist and that we solve generally these problems. Should right. they be interested in that sort of thing? Right. They, then they can go, they know where to find what, what more information about, you know, what we do, how we do it, what it looks like. There's, they can start down that path themselves. But the marketing team's job is not to walk them through the sales path. The marketing team's job is to get them to be aware that this thing even exists and that if that, if that basic value proposition is out there, you know how to use Google and find all, find out all about it. Right. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> but, but not to try to, don't try to oversell. Don't try to push it on people that, that if people are interested, they'll engage with us. Right. right. Um, and that's, that strategy has worked really well, you know, and, and, you know, in our, for our marketing team. But I, I think there's, there's definitely, uh, that, that's definitely something to keep in mind is not to be, not to take it too far in the, in kind of those early interactions, but to be aware, is this someone is this person at the awareness stage? Or are they at the explore exploration of our product stage? Or are they an opportunity and actually engaged in a sales cycle with us? Or are they, you know, I guess, further down the line, are they, uh, you know, in a pilot or are they a right. customer? Um, and and regard, depending on where someone's, depending on where an individual or company is at in their, in their I guess, uh, life cycle with their relationship with us, we want to be able to treat them appropriately for that given stage. Yeah, that makes sense. What is your best tip for salespeople to optimize their LinkedIn profile? <clears throat> I would say the best tip is to write a killer LinkedIn headline for your profile, right? Mm -hmm. One that really attracts the kind of prospects that you want to. And when you say headline, you're talking about the thing that uh, most people just put their title in? That's exactly right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a... I'll give you a six-figure story about it, Stephen. All right. So I had one. So one of our clients called me up about two two months after some training, and they and they were all excited, and they said, "Hey, I just won a six-figure contract all because of because I re-engineered my LinkedIn headline, just like you said, right?" <laughs> that's, so that's, that's, so a, that's a training value statement. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a great value statement. So that the, the, the person's headline before they changed it was account executive. Right. Like you said, it was their title right now. Title, can, you sure. tell, can you tell me what that person does, who they serve, how they help them? 
Not at all. Right. So guess what? They weren't getting many inbound leads through LinkedIn with that title account executives. Mm -hmm. Nobody know what they did. Right. right. So then, um, <clears throat> then they changed it to kind of fit this formula. I help blank insert times types of clients, you know, accomplish this, right? What is, what's the outcome they're trying to get? So that's what your headline should be. Is like, I help these kind of customers achieve these sort of goals. So, okay. So the account executive changed his headline from account executive to I help fast growth technology companies hire and retain top programming talent. Mm -hmm. Now I understand okay. exactly what they do. Now you can answer the question. So what happened was <laughs> yeah. the V the vice president of HR, guess what? Of a high of a fast growth high tech company. You know, it is it is brutal to try and get programmers. I mean, the business is, I mean, oh, yeah. The economy is booming. It's in programming. It's very, very hard to get them. So trust uh, me, man. I, I I I employ a whole engineering team, and it's it's really hard. There's there's yeah, we you know right. We need more. I I believe that we have a negative unemployment rate of around twenty five percent in the country, and it's probably more like fifty percent in mm -hmm. the Bay Area. It's just it's impossible yeah. to hire good engineers. It's like it, <laughs> it's it's so painful. Well, that's why when this HR director of a fast growth tech company saw that person's headline because they were commenting on something on LinkedIn, right? Again, it grabbed their attention. They're like, yes, I'm desperate to hire programming talent. They saw a guy that said, I can help you do it. So she reached out to the client all because of that headline. They connected mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. They started a dialogue two months later. It's got a six-figure retainer deal um, to recruit programming talent for that company. So. All right, so everyone, everyone, just put this on pause right now. Just pause, pause the podcast. I love it. You're gonna give them an exercise. <laughs> yeah, go open up your LinkedIn profile. Go to your go to your headline and click edit. And if it says if it says uh, you know your title, AE or territory manager or outside sales or field sales, whatever it says, change it to a, a ten word value statement on what you do for who and why, if you can get yep. all that into 10. Is, is, there, is there like a word limit or a distance limit on the thing? Yeah, there is a word limit actually of 120 characters. So, um, so the very tactical advice is play around with it. Go into Microsoft Word first and play around with it in Word because then you can you know, play around. You can get your word count tool and you're like, hey, I'm 125 characters. Maybe I need to thesaurus this word. So you got to Maybe spend you know, 10, 15 minutes of your William, channeling some William Shakespeare there, get mm -hmm. it the way you want it into those 120 characters, and then go update your headline. And then email me if you get a six-figure deal out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and the, key, the key messages are what you do and for who. Is that what, yep. is that what you would say? Mm -hmm. Exactly. What you do and, so right. in your example, it was... I help people find engineers for their engineering team or something. Yeah, but, but, but the more specific, the better, because then people really self-recognize themselves, right? So the more specific. So rather than saying, like, I help people find engineering talent, if, if, if this person focused in a different particular area, like fast-growth technology companies, uh, right, okay. then, then they're just going to help people. They see the words, and they're like, oh, that's me. And then they reach out. So the more specific, the better. Okay, so I help fast-growing engineering companies hire back-end engineers. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, everybody, put this on pause. Walk, go, go do this. Change your life. <laughs> ah, I love it. Right. Email Kurt if it uh, if, if if it actually if something comes out of it because uh, he gets the credit. <laughs> I, I have another story. All right, <laughs> let's do it. 
Um, so this, this is, a, I just love this story. Uh, again, again, because it's so different. We tell, teach people when they're training and sharing content that there are sort of three different types of content, three different categories. So the first one would be sharing content from your own company, you know, their blog, their press release, their YouTube channel or something like that. So, so category one is your own company. Category two would be industry news. So mm -hmm. industry news, and, and actually more of it should be industry news than coming from your company. So you, you want to kind of represent yourself as balanced and being an industry voice to your customer. Mm -hmm. And then the third part would be, uh, I usually call this like general business news. This could be like something in Inc. Magazine about, you know, five traits of leaders. But I want to share uh, a story of uh, one of my clients that had a, a lot of success kind of with this third category, which almost seemed like it didn't have anything to do with his business, but it really did. So this guy was an insurance agent in North Carolina. And about four or five years ago, remember the East Coast had a really, really, really brutal winter. So <clears throat> it was like the first week of January and they reported in the news, they said, hey, single, single digit temperatures are coming to the Carolinas in two or three days, right? Obviously they knew it was coming, mm -hmm. forecasting the weather. So that was in the newspaper. Single-digit temperatures coming to North Carolina in, in, in uh, the next few days. Well, you know, North Carolina doesn't get single-digit temperatures that often, so people aren't totally dialed into all the precautions you need to take to avoid frozen pipes. So what this guy did, he was in property and casualty insurance, so his business was protecting businesses. So he just found an article online that said, hey, precautions to prevent frozen pipes, okay? And he posted that on his LinkedIn network so all of his network could see it. Well, a lot of his network were his customers who he was ins insuring their buildings and things like that, right? So all of a sudden they learned like open the cupboard doors, wrap the outside pipes in a towel, you know, leave the water dripping. All these things like you know if you came from the north, but sure. you might not know if you grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. So, um, so he posted this seemingly very valuable general, almost a community assistance type thing, but because he protected people's business, it actually did tie into his business, right? Well, he got so many comments from all of his network back, like, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, that was great. We did it. And we did all that stuff at our office, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. I thought that was just a clever use of using something seemingly general, but that sort of laid into his business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's a fantastic example. Um, it, we, we make these training videos for field salespeople and it, and it's very similar for us. We just, they're value creating and that, you know, that we, we cover some topic like how, yep. how to, how to get referrals or how to, how to overcome X, Y, Z objection or how to dress in sales, whatever it is. Right. Like in, and we post them to LinkedIn and then our, you know, obviously a lot of the people that are following me are, are, uh, are in outside sales. So they'll right. comment or repost and the things really fly around. So if you give people valuable things, LinkedIn, I mean, it's, it's a, it's literally a platform to have good ideas fly around. That's, right. And so we, we've used that very heavily and it's, and it's been a great way for, for way more people to, to find out about our, our videos. Yeah. And it's then all about and visibility, right? It's all about yeah. visibility. Exactly. And then, and then once again, when they find out about it, they, the, someone watches our video and then, you know, it, they, they figure out that there's, that there's this product Badger Maps who, that's kind of behind it. And we're not selling Badger Maps at all in that video. And, and this, this is to your point, he wasn't selling his insurance when he told people about the pipes, right. but, but people, ought, people just by glancing at his profile, they're like, Oh, but he sells insurance for businesses. And, right. Oh. Yeah. And just exactly. Like, 
And same thing here. Like I post these videos, but then if they, if someone glanced at my profile, they're like, Oh, he makes an app for field salespeople. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, I, I, that's for us. And for me, LinkedIn has been, you know, the most powerful tool for getting, getting word out about, uh, I'd say it's the most powerful marketing tool that we have in our arsenal, the way we use LinkedIn. Oh, you'll have to, you'll have to send that tweet to LinkedIn, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should, I should. That sounded like a testimonial. If I was LinkedIn, I'd be like, Hey, could you give me a, could you give LinkedIn a LinkedIn recommendation? <laughs> Who, who's their CEO now? I'll tell you, I, I recommend his product very highly. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, how many hours, uh, a, a week should an outside sales rep spend on LinkedIn um, doing these types of things to make, to really make an impact on their business? Would you say on average? Uh, on average, I would say, um, I would say like four to five hours a week, right? So that's uh, about 45 minutes a day. And what you want to do is mix that up between you. you what we teach people is to have um, somewhat of a structured cadence. So as you're getting things going in the morning, you're opening up your email and things like that, that part of that includes, um, you know, like a 15, maybe even 20 minute kind of look through four or five things on LinkedIn. And then also plan kind of a structured one at the end of the day. And then the in-between, again, you can just catch as you're running around, you're waiting for your Starbucks, you're waiting for a client to show up in the lobby, things like that. I mean, again, as long as you've got this, um, you can jump in, uh, invite a couple of people, make a comment on something. So I think that's that's really the expectation. Four or five hours a week, and you'll really help boost that pipeline. I bet that it probably forty hours of work a week across the different people that are kind of engaging with on doing things on my LinkedIn profile. I bet there's forty hours of work a week going into it in terms of the the content creation that's going to get launched there. The, oh, okay, you know the the answering of the you know the messaging back and forth with all the people that are you know, reaching out and stuff. Right. Um, and, and, uh, I, I bet it's 40 a week if, if not more, I mean, you know, the videos obviously take a ton of time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're including, if you're including the content creation piece in that, that makes sense. Um, but again, mo- most outside salespeople are not going to be creating content right. per se, exactly. right? They're either, they're either going to grab it from their company or they're going to grab it. That's uh, existing third party information online. Now they well, might do something occasionally like, Hey, I'm out at the trade show where booth 73, you know, at the United plumbing trade show, come check us out. And they, they, you know, that they could do original content like that, which is mm-hmm. doesn't take much time, but I'm not, uh, I, I, I don't advocate that outside salespeople, um, uh, you know, like blog every week or something like that. It's, it, that's kind right. of a high burden for an outside salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not spending the 40 hours, but like different yeah. people on my team, <laughs> across the different people on my team that are engaging there. I, yeah. I would actually, I would say that a, a, a field salesperson, if they, if their company isn't feeding them great stuff to feed their customers through their LinkedIn profile, they should, they should sit down and talk with their marketing team and say, Hey, every two days or every day or, you know, depending on what they feel is appropriate in terms of a cadence of dripping out good content. Could you send the whole sales team something and talk to them? Hey, I I think this would be a great thing to share with your networks and customers on LinkedIn. Um, You know, and just kind of a marketing team, I think can do this, do the heavy lifting on this. So all the rep actually has to do is turn around and, and, uh, and, and post it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the challenge a lot of marketing departments have is um, sort of getting out of their own way a little bit in the sense that 
most marketing departments, because this is what they've done for years and years, right? They're very focused, obviously, on their own stuff, mm -hmm. right? The company's own stuff versus the industry, most of them. Yeah. Uh, also tend to be very focused on top of the funnel delivery. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes as a salesperson is moving through the sales cycle beyond the lead generation, there's some needs for other pieces of content in there, which marketing may or may not be um, providing. Mm -hmm. so, so one of the things, one of the services that we uh, do is something we call content for sales. And it sort of looks at that need, you know, as you move through the sales cycle, are there certain things that need to be in the salesperson's uh, toolbox mm -hmm. to help accelerate that sales cycle? Yeah. Well, because I, I think a, sale, one, a key thing salespeople do is, is, is provide valuable content to their, to their prospects and customers is that that's appropriate for their sales stage and appropriate given the conversations that you're having with them. Right. Um, and, and there's, there's also just content that's good for all your customers that you could send out to them. And I, and I think, I think marketing needs to take that, take that into consideration. They, they can't just make awareness content for <laughs> their, uh, you know, to find new leads, but they also need to be creating marketing content for, prospects who are at different stages in the sales cycle they need to be creating content for oper for customers they need to be you know they, so and and through the sales team is a is a great way to yeah. move that content out to all of them that reminds me of a, of a funny observation i had um, a couple of years ago i was at this marketing conference and one of the marketing leaders from um, ibm got up there and was talking about trends in the industry and he said uh yeah, you know, we did this survey and like, it was like, you know, 74% of um, CMOs say that their top initiative is to, you know, um, deploy, it was to deploy technology for better one-to-one -one communications, right? Personalized one-to-one -one communication. So it was deploy, marketing wanted to deploy technology for better one-to-one hmm. -one communication. Interesting. And I thought to myself, uh, oh, I know the technology for, deploying one-to-one -one messages to customers. It's the sales force. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that what the sales force does? Yeah. Was like, you know, I mean, they, you know, they, like they wanted some like automated thing and it's going to like grab these names out of the database and send these one-to-one -one e emails. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that, isn't that what the sales person does? You know, have conversations with customers one-on-one -on -one individually. Isn't that why you have a sales force? Yeah. So, well, the, you know, it's, it's interesting. It, you know, I've worked at really big companies like IBM and, and Google and, and now running, running Badger. One thing that constantly comes up is all, what an advantage it is, you know, that, that I'm, I'm heavily engaged in marketing and sales and sales enablement. You know, those are kind of the three areas that I spend most of my time. And I would say, well, in HR, I guess, but, yeah. um, the, the, uh, marketing needs to be an enabler of sales. They, you know, the marketing needs to, the customer of the marketing team, I believe is the sales team. Yeah, and, I agree. And, uh, and, and they need to enable them and provide them with the tools they need to be successful. Leads just being one of those tools, awareness of the company just being one of those, one of those uh, assets. But, uh, but I, I think that's a, a really important thing for, and it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like that guy from IBM and I used to work there, but it sounds like he was, he was basically, or I guess all the CMOs in that, in that survey were kind of right. saying, we need to do sales enablement. And I think that's absolutely true. What would you say is your best piece of advice on joining and engaging in relevant LinkedIn groups? 
Well, I would say the biggest key there is find one that is active, uh, which has become very difficult um, over the last year or maybe more. You know, LinkedIn groups used to be a really powerful engagement communication platform. And I'm talking like four or five years ago. Yeah. And like, like a lot of different communication channels, it actually became like so popular that, that I think we ruined it, right? We <laughs> ruined it by posting too much promotional information. It wasn't sort of the, 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 the discourse and the question and answers and the expertise as much it was like, hey, you know, all these outside links, check out my blog, come to my webinar, you know, it's 50% off type of thing. And um, mm -hmm. as a result, a lot of people just stopped engaging with groups. So LinkedIn is, is publicly stated that they're really in the, the midst of overhauling groups, that it did become, uh, it got a little bit too spammy and people kind of abandoned it. So yeah, to answer your question, you're, you're going to have... Uh, you know, I, we don't even make a big training part out of groups now until it kind of gets re-jiggered, uh, unless you're just lucky enough to find one of those rare groups that still mm -hmm. has good engagement, it's not too promotional. Um, then I think we're gonna have to wait and see what this revamp brings. All right, well, um, with time in mind, final takeaway for the field sales people listening today, what should they do as a first step to leverage LinkedIn for B2B sales? Uh, I would say definitely the first thing you've got to do as an outside salesperson, make sure you've loaded that mobile LinkedIn app there. And then when you get that, those 10 minute, 15 minute downtimes, right? Jump into it and just start engaging, looking at what your network is saying or what is being said about your particular topic or industry. So just get that mobile app and engage on the mobile. Outstanding. Well, the uh, I like to close out. Uh, I like to close out with uh, the the podcast here with a summary of of what we've said because I, I feel like you know a lot of people are driving around in their cars and stuff. Yeah. And so if I over if I give a quick one minute overview, it, it seems to make a lot of this stuff a lot stickier. Okay. Um, so uh, to summarize what we've talked about with with Kurt today here, uh, especially in outside sales, you have to be efficient in your communications and stay on top of what your customers are up to while on the road, and LinkedIn is the best tool for that. It allows you to stay visible and valuable to your whole network, even if you don't get to see them face-to-face -face for some time. Think of yourself like a publisher when you use LinkedIn. Pick the best content for your goals and share it frequently. When first contacting a potential lead, send a personalized invite that states clearly why you'd like to connect and who you are. A great way is also to get a referral from someone to a lead that is a second level connection. If you have a common contact, try to get that warm intro. You should also find out if you've served other companies like theirs before and mention that in the first outreach message to add value to get their attention. It's very important to get customer recommendations on your LinkedIn profile. That's something that I have to do. It adds credibility and you can also use it in emails, presentations, or proposals as, testimoni as testimonials. Um, one thing to avoid on LinkedIn is being too passive. You have to put in some time and effort to leverage the network successfully. But also don't be too aggressive and go for the sales right away. Social selling is more about providing value and information and getting people that awareness so that people come to you in that way. To optimize your profile, Write a killer LinkedIn headline that clearly gets your value proposition across to your potential buyers. You can put something like, I help 
this type of customer achieve this kind of goal. The more specific, the better, because you really want that to resonate with your prospect. When it comes to sharing content on LinkedIn, focus on these three categories, news and content from your company, industry news, general business news, such as articles from Inc. or Forbes. Also, try to post things that are useful for potential buyers in your network to engage with them. You should spend about 45 minutes a day on LinkedIn and approach it in a structured way, maybe 15 minutes in the morning, then again later in the day, and another 15 minutes in the evening to look through articles, updates to your network, share content, etc. Just you can jump in and out of the mobile app as, as, it, as the day goes by when you got 10 minutes waiting here or there. You can work with your marketing team too and have them send you relevant content for you to share and maybe try to set up a system, uh, a system with your marketing team where, um, where, where you get them to regularly tell you this stuff and regularly share things with the entire sales team that they feel is, is going to be most important for you to share across your network. As a final takeaway, make sure you have the LinkedIn app on your phone and when you have some time between meetings, go through your feed, read industry news and updates, and start engaging with that network. So, Kurt, um, this has been fantastic. Where can listeners read more about your work, and how can they reach out to you? Uh, sure. Thanks, Stephen. Well, probably the easiest thing to do would be to send me a LinkedIn invitation. Make sure it's customized, right? Kurt Shaper, and I'm sure you'll have the spelling in the show notes. Uh, same for Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Kurt Shaver. And uh, you can also go visit the company page, Vengresso, Vengresso.com. And uh, there's some information about me in the about section if you want to come in that way. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get all that stuff in the about section here. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If you have any feedback or other topics you'd like me to talk about or get experts in to, uh, to cover, feel free to reach out to the, the team running this at feedback at outsidesalestalk.com. If you like the podcast, please subscribe to it and leave us a review. It really helps spread the word and get more outside salespeople to just like you to find out about us. So take care and talk to you next week.